Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Repeater. My name is Evan. And I'm Pat. And today we have actor, podcast host, online video host, and author, James Arthur. <laughs> wow, that was the most exciting introduction ever. Can I have you just wake me up every morning yeah. like that? Sure. Yeah. I could barely contain myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was like sitting on like, who is it? Who do we have? Oh, it's me. Oh, yeah. whoa. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> uh, you do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do yeah. sound pretty cool. Do a lot of stuff. Yeah, then that's very exciting. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is so cool. Yes. Uh, so, uh, as I'm sure we've explained to you already, but we like to talk to somebody about a, a song that means a lot to them. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do. But before we do that, we're going to talk about something we've been listening to lately. Lately. And yeah. That's going to start us off. Yeah. Great. What you got? So, I'm going to start off with, um, I went on Thursday and saw this band, Mets. Uh, they're from Toronto. Uh, they played what I would consider to too late. They started at 10.45, and I wanted to be in bed. Yeah. Uh, but they were great, and they were a lot of fun. And uh, the song that I wanted to talk about was, it's on their new album, and it's called, uh, which one was it? Raw Materials. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about it because it made me very happy. There was a guy in the crowd that kept shouting at them to play Raw Materials, and the band very clearly had a set list, and we're like, we're not. We're doing our thing. We're doing our thing. <laughs> and... He kept shouting and he kept shouting and he kept shouting it. And so the crowd, to shut him up, started saying Ontario, like chanting Ontario, <laughs> yeah. because it sounded close enough to raw materials. <laughs> and the entire crowd shouting Ontario back at him yeah. pissed him off enough that he just left the show. Wow. And I was like, okay, cool. That <laughs> song is powerful. <laughs> I love when the crowd starts heckling the heckler. Yeah, it was right? great. It was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a beautiful, beautiful story. It made me so happy. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, I would be uh, remiss if I did not mention this. I went on Friday night and saw a talk at the New Yorker Festival with Carly Rae Jepsen. What? Future guest. Uh, future guest. Future wow. guest, hopefully. Yeah, bump me. Go get, Car- go get her. <laughs> She's in town. Yeah. She was. But um, uh, I'm a big Carly Rae fan. Really? Yeah. And and so I went, and there was like a Q and A portion, and all this stuff. So I mean, you know, I've been listening to her music uh, over the weekend and stuff because yeah. of seeing her, and um, it was cool. She yeah. is very much like the casual, casual bud. I think I expected her to be. Okay. There's like nothing. I've never had like a. I think people, I'm kind of my my uh, my social media presence would believe uh, lead you to believe that I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. But the um, the reality is, like, I just, I like her a lot. Can I ask why? Yeah. I'm so curious. You're the first person that's been like, I'm pretty ride or die, Carly Rae Yeah. No shade I against am. her. Yeah. I just, uh, I've not met anybody that had a strong feeling about her either way. Yeah. She, well, I think it was, and this is what the interview focused on, in a way that I was almost, I think it was very much what the audience wanted. Yeah. But also, um... I don't know. It was it was interesting. I'm still kind of thinking about it, but it uh, it surrounded around her album Emotion, mm. her latest album yeah. from a, two years ago at this point. And that album is really the thing that like got me on board with her in a 
more serious way. Sure. Like I loved Call Me Maybe. Yeah. Great hit. Song of the Summer. Song of the Summer. Still in my head now. Apparently Song of the Century. Really? Highest grossing Ooh. song of the century, I believe, so far. Well, I guess okay, first I'm like, wild? wait a minute, but we're only 17 years exactly. into the yeah, century. Exactly. But hey, she's kicking it yeah, off to a good, good start. start. Yeah. And she just she just I I saw this because I have a Google alert set up for her. Of oh, course. Um, wow, you are diehard. Yeah. I w- she uh <laughs> she she just passed 1 billion views on YouTube on that video. Holy Good shit. For her. So she's now in, there's only 20 videos on YouTube that have passed that mark. Wow. And so she's like a top 20 YouTube video of all time. That's great. She's beaten like porn. That's yeah. huge. Like <laughs> That's that is huge. Really huge. That's a huge accomplishment. Um, but yeah, so a lot of, a lot of the, the talk focused on her album Emotion. Yeah. And one of the songs I was thinking about from that song a lot is the song All That, which was... Um, co-written by Dev Hines of Blood Orange. I don't know if you guys are familiar oh, with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's worked on a lot of stuff and it's it was cool because one of the I he's a guy who has worked with a lot of different people and yeah. has kind of like had this long career even though he's still pretty young cuz he used to be in like indie rock before he got into R&B and pop and stuff. And and it turns out like my, one of my first interactions with him in the R&B and pop world was that he produced all of Solange's EP, oh. the one that had Losing You on it. I'm yeah. trying to think of the name of that EP. But he produced that whole thing. Right. And it's fantastic. Yeah. And then somebody was asking Carly about collaborators and collaborations that she's done. And she referenced uh, that's the song All That, which is the, the song they wrote together. Yeah. And she said that she found him because of losing you by Solange. Like she heard that and she was like, who is that? I want to work with whoever made that. And it just felt like this moment of like, (laughs) almost like, uh, like it's, it's, it confirmed the things I thought I liked about her, which is like, Oh, she actually just has a similar ear maybe to me. And I like her music because Mm -hmm. she likes the types of things I like. Right. Yeah. You know, there's that synergy there. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's also too, like I, I haven't heard a lot of her like new stuff, but I, I, the articles that I've read, I'm a bit of a reader. <laughs> I don't like to listen to music. I just like to read about it. <laughs> <Of> course, uh, <laughs> it makes sense. Right. Yeah. Uh, but she was like, cause it, I think anytime like cause she's, she could have very easily been this like one hit wonder. Right? right. She's literally built to be right. Yeah. Um, and she has the opportunity to sort of uh, reshape what her sound is or even just get even more deeper into like mm-hmm. what her sound is. And I feel like from what I know, that's what she did on her yeah. last album. Yeah, she, yeah. I, I think the one hit wonder gave her the freedom to be like, oh, Whatever. I actually have time and money now and I can choose people to work with. <laughs> sure. And so I'm going to do all of that sure. and make an album I want to make. That she want, and that's the key thing. Because right. she could have like tried to be like, well, what does the industry want me to be? But I think she doubled down onto like more of who she was. And that was like, seems like a winning formula. Yeah. yeah. And I think not every pop star, especially if your build is a one hit wonder, doesn't get to do that yeah. or you don't have the presence of mind mm. to do it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just cool that she's, she seemed like pretty well adjusted and maybe yeah. that's the difference between breaking out at 18 and breaking sure. out at 28. Yeah. You know, yeah. she was like a decade older than a lot of the people she's going up against. It makes a huge difference. Cause she didn't have to like re break out of like any like bubblegum sort of image. Yeah. And also like she drove herself cause she through YouTube, right? She was mm-hmm. this, she, Kind of, she she got her launch. Her like launch was because she was on some Canadian version of like American Idol. Basically, okay. she was like a runner up or a third okay. place finisher or okay. something like that. But it also that also wasn't the first album she'd put sure. out. Like as a independent pop artist, she'd put out albums before yeah. she had Call Me Maybe. Right. You know, but like compared to like my Brit Brit, who was like you know manufactured in this mm-hmm. amazing you know pop 
bubblegum factory or whatnot and then had yeah. the woes to go through with that. She kind of was in the driver's seat of her own career more so than I other so. sure, yeah. pop sensations. Yeah, and I think in Canada especially they um <coughs> excuse me. Oh, yeah. In that. Canada especially they really put money into the arts. Oh. Like like the state will give money to artists, which is an interesting concept. I mean, which <laughs> revolutionary. I know, some right? might say money into the arts, but why? And like, it's uh, it's a good amount of money. Wow. And, um, well, so I think that helps foster a lot of this kind of stuff. Well, yeah, it just helps the movement of everyone flocking up to Canada. So well done. <laughs> God, well done. I hope. Let's go. Let's move. Let's get parkas and go. Now, yes, please. <laughs> and I'll do a follow up single called "Call Me Now." It's yeah. more of a desperate. Song. Don't even wait. <laughs> uh, and what's something you've been listening to lately, James? I um, so I just got back from a whirlwind European uh, tour. It was over. Yeah. Just living my best life. Uh, I was over <laughs> in Amsterdam, and there's this artist that, and every time I go to Europe, I listen to her. her name is Laureen. Do you guys know about Laureen? No. She's got double E's. It's like it's would it, it's Laureen. It's like right. Lauren with two E's sure, in it, yeah. right? Um, she won the Eurovision contest back in mm. 2014. She oh, has cool. this like, uh, and it, I, this is like the one Eurovision song that I think that made it across the seas like it's the song called euphoria uh and she's got this amazing like vocal like she's got these like pipes on her and she'll sing to like these amazing sort of like euro dance beats but not the annoying kind like they've got like <laughs> some energy behind it and her entire album it's like it's weird because you're like dancing but she's also really heartbroken too at certain times uh her music is just fantastic and she just She's been really releasing just like little nuggets of like songs here and there yeah. lately. Cause she really just had like the one album that she did back in. Maybe this is, no, she must, this must have been like 2012. I don't know. I'm not a calendar. But, um, <laughs> cause then she like, she did this one album and then she re released the album, just adding in like two or three more tracks. But like yeah. the album's so good. Like I feel like she could get away with doing sure. that. And then recently she's just been releasing like a few more songs here and there. And she's just giving me life. She just is giving yeah. me life. Yeah, she's amazing. Laureen, two E's. Highly recommend her. She won Eurovision. I try to sing it, but it's it won't. <laughs> I don't want to turn you away. Right. Sure. I don't want to turn yeah. you away from it. I got to look her up. She sounds right up my alley. Yeah, yeah. I think you like her. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just that right blend of like, my heart hurts, but I'm going to dance a little bit yes. with it. Like, it's all like sort of epic, the way that she yeah. does it. Yeah. Yeah. That's some, the, some of my favorite stuff. Yeah, Epic and dance Eurovision music. is like surprisingly good with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, you got to wade through a lot of not so great stuff, but every <laughs> once in a while something There's pops. There's a little gem that comes up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it gave us ABBA. It's true. <laughs> it did. But like and watching clean. the Eurovision event is one of the oh. most incredibly weird and delightful things I've ever done. Yeah. Because it, it, it's weird. Like it just really, it's one of those things like not only did like football, and I mean like soccer, not really, you know, catch on over here in the States, but Eurovision especially did not. Like it's yeah. so huge over there mm -hmm. in Europe. It's like the Olympic Olympics of singing. Yeah. Yeah. It's also like a six-hour event or something. Once you like add in all the voting, it's <laughs> maybe too much, but I enjoyed it. I think that it's literally why there's not been war in Europe for a while. It's literally <laughs> like their Hunger Games of their like, let us bring our tributes together, we'll that's sing that. it out, and that's why there's been peace. Wow. That's my theory. That's a good that's theory. A good theory, right? That's a good theory. Sing it out. I think we should just accept that theory. <laughs> Walk through life believing that to be true. <laughs> Um, what song did you want to talk with us today about? Okay, well, this, when you, when you talk, talk about the show and you're like, James, what, 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 on the show? It was a regular Sophie's Choice because <laughs> I was going to choose, it was between this, between AHA's Take On Me and but what I are going with is Janet Jackson's Love Will Never Do Without You. Amazing. Great. Let's listen to a clip of it right now. Yeah. I feel so 
Yes, right? So for our listeners, you just missed some real good lip syncing. Oh, my God. (laughs) James was uh, having it. It was good. You had quite the the bobbin going over there, too. I was bobbin. We were both lip syncing for our life. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. But, like, try to not smile and listen to that song. Yeah, so I also good. had the benefit of also watching the music video from where I'm sitting. <laughs> so. Yeah, I got distracted by the music video. It's so good. It's so good. I, um, <laughs> it's so good. But, but before we launch into it, yes, um, okay. Pat, why do you think James yeah, chose this song? Why? Uh, I think okay. that mm. you uh, earned money from doing chores mm. at home mm-hmm. and went out to Tower Records and got yourself the single of this song. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Um, I I saw that um, you you have background as a choreographer, right? Oh, look at you doing that yeah. research. Did a little research. A little <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to. I don't. I think there was probably a song off of this album Ooh. that you choreographed something to very young, or da- or learned a choreography Ooh. to very young. But this was like. I mean, maybe this was a song you did choreography to, but I almost think that this was like a different track on the same album that uh, hit harder, like mm. with you personally. Mm. Wow, that's my guess. Dangerously close. It's a really <laughs> a nice little hybrid of both. Okay, not really. I just wanted to, you know, <laughs> oh, make thank you, you. Feel thank so you. Bad. Um, yeah, that's crazy. You know, it's interesting about this song because I am a huge. Like I love a good dance track because, like you're right, I am a I'm a dancer, mm-hmm. and Janet is like she was my dance teacher. That's how mm-hmm. I learned how to dance. Mm-hmm. Is that I would watch the music videos and uh, learn in slow motion, rewind as many times as I could, and then fast forward as an adult, like that became part of my career as I was teaching dance classes based on pop star choreography for Barry Flash Mob, and then I started my own dance company. Because people want to learn actual like rhythm nation or right. if. They don't want to know your own little funky dunk dance. They can't no. pull that up at a wedding. Right. No one can know <laughs> what they're doing. They need to know the actual like movement. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because this music video doesn't really have, the song doesn't really have a lot of dance or choreography to right. it. Um, but this 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 music video specifically, like my mom had a, um, a VHS tape of Janet Jackson music videos up to this point. Yes. So it had... Her stuff from Control up to this was off of Rhythm Nation 1814, yeah. which I still understand what why that year. I can't <laughs> figure it out. Like, like I think I think today re, like looking this up was the first time where I think I noticed that 1814 was a part of the title. Yeah, I never and I'm like I know that album. I've never even given credence to the fact that <laughs> what that year is in there. Like it wasn't the and, year that slavery was abolished. Like and, and then you look at the mode like the art for the album and it's like it that also doesn't quite fit either. Like yeah. she's no. dressed up. Like a train conductor. Right. Right? Not <laughs> 1814. No, not 1814 at all. More like dystopian future yeah. than anything else. But that's kind of, I guess, the theme of like, but was 1814 yeah. some sort of dystopian future? I, I don't. We will not. We don't know enough about well, that year. Yeah. We're, we're just, not calendars. We, I, like we're, we said earlier, <laughs> listen, we're not calendars here, people. We're not. Um, but this song, like it's one of those songs similar to why I was so torn between this mm-hmm. and AHA's Take On Me is that like, you can't listen to the song and not have a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. And when you watch this music video... Janet Jackson's smile is so infectious, yeah. right? Yeah. It's just this beautiful, infectious smile. And it was her first time of not even really trying to do a lot of dance choreography, just really kept it simple. Yeah. The music video is very like intimate. And the lyrics, it's so funny because like I'm not a person who I'm not in love currently at all. Mm-hmm. But this song, when I listen to it, makes me feel like I'm in love. And anytime I am in love, this is the first song that I start listening to. I'm like, because oh. mm-hmm. it's it's in that like hopeful, optimistic 
part of being mm-hmm. in love. Like your friends are saying, oh, I don't know. I don't think this is a good idea. And you're like, no, but I'm in love and we're going to, we're going to make it. Like they said we wouldn't last, uh, but we had to prove them wrong. You know, right, yeah. it's that like Romeo and Juliet, like bust through the barriers type love. And I feel like most of the relationships I've been in have been those like impossible odds. Mm-hmm. And we did not overcome them because <laughs> I am currently they single. Were good for a little while, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But it's always so fun when you were able to be in like this song it talks like to me, it's like that best part about being in love. Yeah. And in and if you are part of that like slim percentage that's able to get through all like the stuff to 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 hold on to this love and let this be your song, like it's amazing. Oh, and do you want a little tidbit about this song? Sure. So so in the first verse, Janet sings it at a lower register. Yes. Right, mm-hmm. and she never really does that. She does that in if, and that's about mm-hmm. it. And uh, I was doing, and uh, the reason why is that originally this was supposed to be a duet between her and maybe like Prince and Johnny Gill, and uh, so they were like, "Hey, just Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, yeah, were amazing producers. They produced pretty much most of her albums, yeah, and, like for three decades. It's amazing." Except for two of her albums. The Jermaine Dupri album was terrible. Um, <laughs> I hate his sound. Uh, but they were like, sing it like a dude. And she did. And they were like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's great. Let's just keep it there. And I think it works. I'm glad. Yeah. Like, I don't think Prince could have sang this song as low as she did. Probably not. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then it's so great because at the first verse, it's almost like this secret, you know, about the love that they're having and like, uh, you know, overcoming the obstacles. And then the second verse, it's, it's her voice at this higher octave, and it's just so you feel the full love of the yeah. song, mm-hmm. you know. And I think the 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 video is such an important part of this yeah. song. I think not only because it's great, yeah, uh, but also like the era in which it was out. You know, music video was make or break. Yeah, could be at least yeah. in those those days. And trying to imagine this video with like another star in it mm. or another. Um, you know, another name is, yeah. is, is tough because it's, it is so it's her mm-hmm. and these like couple of dudes that oh my God. are so, so hot, but hot. don't Jesus. matter. Like, no. <laughs> she, like she is the person right. in it and yeah. they are just like these, these statues that, you know, she basically flirts around. Yes. <laughs> she, she made them, what was so great too is that like Jan, the video is so sexy and you touched on it too. She's really sexy in the video too, yeah. but she's very clothed. She's wearing mm-hmm. just a, a simple top and mm-hmm. some jeans. Um, and it, and it, there's something so intimate about that. And her, her blonde, it's a wig, uh, hair is mm-hmm. like up. And it's something so simple and sensual about that. And the men become her video hosts. Yeah. These like muscular ass men. Do you know who the guys are in the video? They're actors of some kind, right? Antonio Sabato Jr. Yeah. And uh, D- not gonna butcher his name. Uh, Dijimon, he was in uh, <laughs> perfect. He was in uh, Blood Diamond and Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah, oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. You know okay. what I'm talking about? I do know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, Dijimon, Dijimon Hansu. Him, yes. Yeah. Um, and there's this great, like, I mean, him and uh, Antonio. I'm getting tingly just thinking about this. Music. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, he just, I think that was one of the music videos. Like, <laughs> as a kid, not knowing I was gay, mm-hmm. but knowing some, I was like. This is very attracted <laughs> yeah. to what's happening here. I think and I had the same reaction to Janet Jackson as a kid. <laughs> I think everybody just being like, I don't, I don't know everything, but I know that this is cool. Yeah, I think that was this was the defining video for everybody. I think where they realized something, <laughs> yeah. 
something sexual. <laughs> there was that other one I remember vividly a few years later. She's got uh, she's got the chain between her ear and nose, I think. Oh, this was like 1995? T- t- together or again. This was 1998. Eight, okay. And that song was about um, a friend of hers she lost to AIDS. Yes. Mm-hmm. And But her in that video, I remember being... I was way more the right age, sure. I think, to be... Like, <laughs> it was more appropriate. To, to be a little bit more like, oh, all right, Janet. Thank you. Um, see you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the she has this way, kind of what you're talking about with the hopefulness and everything. Mm. It's interesting to watch the video, too, because she can... Man, she can sell anything with her smile. That smile. Yeah. And she does make it feel like... Um, hopeful yeah you know yeah. i mean even though like the song is i think in in that way her look and the way she sings it her yeah. her selling of it gives you that impression just visually you yeah know, mm-hmm. you know yeah and it's the first time that we didn't get to see in um her choreographer tina landon who did like if and like was with janet mm-hmm. for most of the 90s they had a falling out you guys want to know the gossip uh, about why they had a falling yes, out please. okay they had a falling out because um janet allegedly 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 we're gonna put that there mm-hmm. allegedly because i janet knew about an affair that tina's tina landon's husband was having and Janet didn't say anything about it. It's a tough situation to be in, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but they did have a reunion. Then they did. A, 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 they did a tribute for MTV Video Music Awards for Michael Jackson after he died, mm-hmm. and all the choreographers, like J Lo's ex husband choreographer Tina Landon, they were all on stage together, and it was like a big sort of reunion. Why was I talking about that? Oh, because Tina Landon, um, she choreographed just simple movements for Janet to do, and that mm-hmm. was so, so interesting too, because we're used to seeing, you know, she had already done Rhythm Nation and Escapade mm-hmm. and Control, like all these big dance numbers and this was so pared down and it just I think it just makes it just it connects to my childhood so I mean so I was six years old at this when this music video came out and this song in particular if you listen to it this is the new sound of the next decade sort of coming in. It's yeah. less sort of synthesized. The The instruments have a higher quality. I mean, I'm not a musician, but, you know, they have like a, um, a more real sound to them. They're less of like the guitar and like fake noises and more. There's a saxophone that like becomes, she hits this note and you can't tell where her note in the end ends and like this saxophone begins. Yeah. It's just such a cool moment. There is, and I can't, I don't know if it's within that moment because I can't think of it off the top of my head. But there's a there's a trumpet on this track yes. played Maybe by that's Herb Albert. Oh, really? Wow. Like the Herb yeah. Albert? Really? Isn't that nuts? That's, that's pretty crazy. amazing. But I mean, I guess that's when you're Jan Jackson and and you know you have uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis producing <laughs> yeah. you. They're like, hey, we need a trumpet on this. It's like, well, go get the most famous <laughs> yeah. trumpet player that you can think of. <laughs> and he holds that note that becomes that's the one I'm talking about. That's it's not what it is. It's a trumpet yeah. that becomes that note that she's singing, and it's such a seamless, you know. Uh, no, because Janet's got a great voice, but you know she's not like well, Mariah Carey's old voice, not Mariah mm-hmm. Carey's new voice. I think no one exists anymore. Be you know, kind. <laughs> be kind to Mimi. Yeah, sure, absolutely, she's delightful. <laughs> um, but I just, I yeah, that's all you know. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's so impressive, like to go to have this song that feels really complex, like it's dealing with incredibly complex emotions, and like the music is both. I don't know. To me, it. Like the first time I listened to it, I was like, there's a lot going on here. And there is a lot going on there, but it's kind of held to this very simple, Mm. it's a very simple kind of song. And yet it still somehow takes you on a journey. Because if you think about when you're the first, like even the way it starts, it's sort of just like a bum, bum, bum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, and then the beat kicks in, and then it's the lower it's the lower octave. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the second verse, it's the higher octave. And then she brings in, like, the, there's more people. Like, it's almost like right. a, a chant for love, like, to believe. If you have 
a love that you believe in. It's like chant for it. Mm -hmm. And then they do a whole entire different chant. Mm -hmm. There's like two different group chants in this song. Yeah. And then the trumpet hits. And by the time it ends, you just feel like you've gone on this huge journey to celebrate love. I think they even get there in the beginning of the song with the kind of even the section we listened to almost a little bit. Um, The chorus itself, like the real hook, is pretty short in this song, which, you know, and it's a very catchy hook. Yeah. And you're, you would think like, oh, most people are going to really exploit that hook. Sure. Mm -hmm. But they have like a long pre-chorus and they have like substantial verses, like they don't let that hook be the driver of the song. They they really, I think, um, let the whole song you know, have all these different parts and be a piece. Yeah. yeah. Rather than just, yeah, some some uh, some pop song container for yeah. a hook, yeah. you know, which is so common. And then let it be five minutes still. Yeah. Instead of cutting yeah. it down to like two. <laughs> and this is what I love. This is like back in the day where they would let a song be like six minutes, yeah. five minutes. And yeah. like Janet will just like, let her the the like they would find ways to keep the song going without just sort of like some songs in the 80s it's like okay prince why is this song going on for <laughs> minutes right but like they would find ways to keep it so interesting that like the five minutes goes by but like i'm ready to do it you know all over again and i think it's so interesting too similar to at this point you know, this is technically Janet's, I believe, fourth album by the mm-hmm. time uh, 1814, Rhythm Nation, weird title, uh, comes <laughs> out. Because um, she Control was her third album. Mm-hmm. But that was the one that most people really remember her for. Because she did two other ones before that. Right. But this is when she broke free of her dad at Control and uh, I and worked with like Jim, Jimmy Jam and right. Terry Lewis. Um, and so the same thing. It's interesting because we never... She was able to explode from that bubblegum pop image really fast. And like this yeah. is her just being a woman. And she's like in her 20s or something. But comparatively, I feel like when, you know, Britney was at her 20s, she was still trying to break free from, yeah. from that image, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no doubt, I think, by Rhythm Nation that she was kind of like, you know, yeah. a woman and her own woman and it, all that type of and stuff. And had something to say. Like that album, like she's got so many tracks on that album that mm-hmm. are so political yeah she's talking about so much about racism back then this is like the, this in, is the 80s an intentional goal of that album was like she went into that wanting to do it and here's the crazy thing like we talk about maybe even control being a little more well-known maybe sure. in retrospect yeah uh, and then this album being political and having a lot of message this album had seven uh, i think seven top 10 charting <laughs> hot yeah. 100 billboard singles seven. the most of any album ever really and uh and was in had had a single in that ranking i think for three different years in a row which i think is also the only album maybe to ever have that that's crazy isn't that nuts like it is it is by like even um industry standards sure an incredibly like a uh incredibly remarkable album yeah successful yeah and that's the thing too that i do miss and and janet was doing she would do this up until i think velvet rope was the last time that she did this because she was from the old school days when you made an album and you released a good portion of the songs. Mm-hmm. They were a lot of them would become, you know, you know, singles. And she did that with them. Um, same thing with the Velvet Rope. She would I think she had at least like five or six singles off of that. But yeah, yeah, like this album, and you can see a huge like the way that I think this was I think second to the last one off that album. But just to see there's so many different looks that she had that came off of this because mm-hmm. she had the Rhythm Nation off of this, uh, Miss You Much. Uh, where she does this amazing chair dance. It's black and white. It's kind of like an homage to her brother at certain points. They do this mm-hmm. amazing chair dance. Um, they do this All Right. All Right is on that one as well, where they do, they're do they in the zoot suits. Uh, just so <laughs> many different looks. And like the album, it's interesting because it, it lasts for a long time. I think they recorded it from 1988 to 1989. Oh, yeah. wow. This song, in fact, was one of the first songs that they did. But it's interesting because it has the more... 
And maybe it's just because when it came out, like, but it has that like 1990s sort of sound, at least to me. Well, but, they were probably helping to set Set yeah, what that sound tone. was going to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what like Janet did get to do. She got to usher in that in that uh, in that new sound. And I think that's like it. Just like and I look at to where like her career is like right now. And I, she's back on tour, you know, mm-hmm. but she's not able to do like it. You know, Nipplegate. Right. You just talk like Nipplegate. Yeah, like, really let's talk about it. Messed her up, and and it's it's upset. And it's just Janet is like my girl. Okay. She's like everything. And it just upsets me because, you know, we go back to 2004 and it was the Super Bowl. And just, I think, she, yeah, she, it was her, she was doing the halftime routine. Mm-hmm. She had a new album that was coming out. Great promotion. Janet's an icon, you know. At yeah. this point, she's still at top. And then her and Justin Timberlake were really good friends. Justin Timberlake had just started his solo career at this mm, point. Right. And he had that song, like, Rock Your Body. And at the mm-hmm. end of the Rock Your Body, about a half you naked by the end of the song, I knew the line was coming up. And then that's when he, like, you know, undoes her thing. And yeah. it's then the nipple scene around the world. I remember when that for, when it <laughs> happened. I was in the college. I, I, I didn't even I, – I saw it happen, but I didn't really know what I saw until, like, the news cycle started, like – playing it like nonstop, like Fox News and like, my kids don't need to see this. Well, they're seeing it because you keep freaking showing it, you know? Sure, yeah. And I think the thing that upsets me so much about it is like nothing happened to Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson is the reason why we don't have live television anymore. There's a three (laughs) second delay, FCC, three second delay because of that one moment. And to boot, who produced that Super That Super Bowl is on which channel? CBS. Uh, and uh, who was producing that? MTV. And mm-hmm. They're all owned by Viacom. Right. Mm-hmm. Viacom owns all the music video channels, so many other radio stations. She had that album came out, and then I think like two, another album, Feedback, came out. And no, no, she had one more. Uh, Feedback did a little bit more attention on MTV. She had rebranded her relationship with them. Anyways, two albums that no one knew about. And this album, it was her Demita Joe album around this time. It's such a good album it's one of it's one mm. of my favorites of that decade her mm-hmm. latest one is really 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 good i really recommend listening to it um her unbreakable, unbreakable. album yeah it's so good because like um she talked like there's songs about michael mm-hmm. there's songs like and, and unbreakable yeah. is amazing because she pretty much self-produced that album because she started her own record company because oh, really? she had to start yeah. over because she was blacklisted from all, right. um, well, say whitelisted from all like these. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, change that around. Yep. Uh, but I think it speaks to, I think, both the racism and sexism of this country because she is a black right. woman. Um, and nothing happened with Justin. I, I'm so, I, I side-eye Justin so hard because he did not stand by her. It, he, yeah. he, and you look at the way his track record, he like drives Britney through the mud. Like I... I, I give him, I'm shame not the finger, but I'm shaming him. I'm right. giving him the shame shaking finger. A finger. I'm shaking a finger right now. Aggressively. <laughs> Aggressively. Yeah. He gets away with a lot. He dies. Because um, yeah. he's, he's a, the cool white guy. He's a cool white guy. He, he's he's uh, charming. Uh, he can be funny. <laughs> be funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, like, that whole, that whole clip on TV was the shirt the thing came off yeah. and they cut away real quick yeah. so and that's it. That was it. And it's a human body it's that's a, and that's yeah. it. Come on, America. It's a right. boob. It's <laughs> it wasn't even like a full boob. It had like a, I don't it know, like a, a pasty thing yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which like, who was on the planning team and why did no one say this is maybe not the best idea? But okay, it happened. But, we, yeah. we went too far. Okay. Yeah, I mean... It's uh, a true tragedy. Because, yeah, people have forgotten the Soho albums from that time. Demita Joe, yep. you said. Yeah, that's so good. 20, Go listen to Demita Joe. 20 YO. Not good. Not Don't. Good. I, and I, I'm a huge fan. Hey, I got a side on my heroes, you too. Got it. Sure. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> and then Discipline and Unbreakable. Yeah, Discipline has some good tracks. It's her, like, being really nasty on it again. I think she was, I think at that point, like, 
she was really trying to like just do whatever it was gonna take mm-hmm. to like get the fans back in or whatever. And there's some good tracks off of it, uh, feedback and rock with you, which has an amazing video, mm-hmm. um, really great dance track on the, on that one. Um, but it, Unbreakable, Unbreakable is one of those albums like I can listen to it all the way through. Same yeah. thing like with her Velvet Rope that like. It, Unbreakable will take you on a journey mm-hmm. and not a lot of artists do that anymore where you really feel like it's a, it's a full cohesive album. Sometimes you feel like, um, like Rihanna does this a lot, but that's because she, Rihanna had like eight albums back to back in like eight years, yeah. right? Uh, because she was literally, like we every year had singles from Rihanna. We never had a break from her because she would like apparently like record her music while on tour in a bathroom. Like wherever she could, wow. she was always working so she was always able to drop an album but her singles were great but not the album yeah, and right. wouldn't have like a cohesive feel to it where as I feel like you know Janet would especially with her Unbreakable one really took the time to really work through what the, what the arc of yeah. it was the journey of it was and like like Rihanna's one of those artists like I don't think she has any unreleased tracks right. you know like right, she's right. like put it on an album let's go you know yeah, but there's yeah, some yeah. artists who have all these unreleased tracks yeah. is not everything's gonna make it onto the album which not everything probably should right. you know yeah. <laughs> So, uh, oh yeah, go for it, Pat. Uh, is having like a cohesive story something you're looking for in music or theme mm. or whatever? It kind of depends. Like, there's some moments when I'm like, I want to listen to an album and I want to go on a journey. And I, I've been like that a lot actually recently because um, Britney's last album too, Glory, same thing. And it's been a while since she's had her Britney, her Britney Jean. Yeah, boring. Like, not a really good <laughs> album. Like, who put this together? And I was so surprised because Will I Am. Oh, who I just. Met at Willie I am at Comic Con. Hello, yeah. him and Taboo, because uh, I was doing a thing at Marvel Very cool. um, for Comic Con. Uh, but uh, what was I talking about? Not Will I am. Um, you were talking about Britney. Oh Britney. yeah. So her last album, Glory, it's one of her best ones in a long time because cool. it has this cohesive sort of feel to it. But just didn't didn't really do too well. But you know, I think I'm at that point now where I'm starting to. I'm in my 30s, mm-hmm. and uh, my artists are less popular by the teens. Sure. You know, right. um, on the plus side, it means that my concert tickets will be cheaper. You know, <laughs> um, true blessing. The, right? Yeah, because that's the whole thing. Janet's on tour right now, and she's uh, mainly does like smaller venues because she's having she can't really do the big arena yeah. things. Right. Which is weird because like Madonna still can do the bigger arenas, but her albums don't sell. Like yeah. the music industry, man. I can't. I can't keep up with it. I don't understand yeah. what's going on. It's bad. I think yeah. that's, that's <laughs> one, of the main, yeah. one of the main things people say about it. <laughs> it's the one, and I am so glad that I, I'm an actor and a writer and a storyteller because the music industry just seems so tough. And the thing that really gets me about the music industry is that there's usually some, there's just like usually some rich, there's usually some rich old white guy who's at the top who's not talented who's making so much money. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and I couldn't, and it's so hard because honestly, it's not like the industry is really looking for like new talent and it's so hard for new talent to get in in the first place because radio stations are closing down left mm-hmm. and right. So it used to be you could go to your local radio station, get your tape put on the radio, your record put on the radio, you become a local sensation and then grow from there. Mm-hmm. But now it's so hard to be a new artist. That's why it's amazing that Carly Rae Jepsen was able to like, you know, yeah. create something. She has like this kind of, yeah, this second wave of her career now yeah. is seemingly might be sustainable. Yeah. Like it's really cool to see. Like she's found like her, her audience and her, right. her niche. And I think that's something that something that um some artists, they grow too big, too fast. I think that's what happened with like, you know, Lady Gaga. I think she was always meant to be 
a niche sort of artist. Right. Sure, yeah. Um, but like she had one or two, a few of her tracks like back to back into that yeah. song with Beyonce. Like she blew up fast, mm-hmm. bigger than I think she was ever. Like, well, this is what her road was was meant to be. Right. And then I think when she released her album, what was it? The Fame? No, no, no. Uh, fame Monster. No, the one after that. Uh, I don't know the name of it. Electric uh, Boogaloo. No, it was. Uh, <laughs> it's the one where she. It's the one that had. Uh, it's the one that had. Um, oh shoot, I'm blanking on it. It was her third album. It was the one after Bad Romance. Uh, for that EP. Art Pop. Joanne. It was the one before Art Pop. It was the one before Art Pop. Um, Electric something, right? No. Born well, this way. It was. The, yeah. Okay. Duh. Jeez, Jason. Yeah. The name born of this the way. Yeah. yeah. The Born This Way album. I was yeah. like, you can't be Born This Way. But there was a song called Electric Chapel on there. But the reason why that album also did so well is that she had a sale. They sold it for a penny mm. on, I think, uh, like Amazon or mm-hmm. something. Right. And then when the next album didn't do so well, it was like, well, of course it's not going to be able to hit that. You know? Sure, yeah. And I think, like, I think it's like letting artists be whoever they're going to be and, like, allow yeah. them to, like, she got to experiment when she did her jo- Joanne album. Uh, it was a little bit more of a country sound and it reflective of, like, her broken heart on the inside because she had just, mm-hmm. her yeah. fiance had just, like, cheated on her, you know? And she's she definitely comes from a singer songwriter background. Yeah. Like she is not a she's not just a voice that a bunch of producers kind of plucked out yeah. of thin air and yeah. say like here here's thirteen tracks yeah. go sing them. She was um, like playing in nightclubs herself. Yeah. So I yeah. think uh, like that that assessment of oh maybe she got bigger than she was initially meant to be. It's like and she's meant to be more niche. That's yeah. probably totally true. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, if you're an original artist and you're really involved in the making of your music, yeah, you're gonna end up being more niche than pure popular. You yeah. know, like yeah. And that's like the community that she's been a part of, which was. You know, she was with like the the like the, the a lot of the drag community. Mm-hmm. She was in there, and it's a little bit more underground. It's a little bit more niche. It's starting to become a little bit more, you know, mainstream Absolutely. with like RuPaul's Drag Race and stuff like that. Um, but I feel like that's where, and I don't know. I just feel like I think that people are so mean. You know, like they're so mean to artists and people who create, mm-hmm. and it's so easy to judge others and it's so easy to send a tweet and, and just be so hateful and so mean yeah. and so everyone's got so many opinions and I, about like in such negative opinions and it's like well what are you creating you right. know and like I one of my acting teacher once told me he said you know no one ever erected a statue of a critic he said the critic <laughs> is one of the most useless professions in the world no one's gonna mm-hmm. they, tell where's their stuff maybe Roger Eper might have a statue <laughs> somewhere but you know other than that sure, like yeah. huh no, I'm disagreeing. Right, yeah. yeah. So it's like, I, for those who create out there, like, you know, like, just create. Yeah. Create. And, and also, I think we ourselves, and I have to check myself too, be mindful of, you know, there's one thing to, to be mindful of, like, my criticisms, I guess. Like, what's the point of it? Mm-hmm. It's one thing to have, like, a dialogue of, like, you know, oh, well, this film I thought was a little racist or a little sexist or a little homophobic. Well, there's an interesting dialogue. Um, but just, like, I don't know, just to be hating just a hating about how something is so terrible like i think that puts an energy into your body yeah and then you start to have this really negative worldview and so sometimes it's like why do you need to put out all this like negative venom about something that someone's creating if you didn't like it great move on it wasn't for wasn't for you and i think that happens so much with like pop culture too because Mm. you know and like like you said there are fair and valid criticisms sure why you shouldn't like a thing yeah but something that i've been annoyed by a lot recently is when I say oh I like this band or I like this song or whatever and it's like immediately responded to with oh no that's bad okay so well well, tell me why yeah 
And if the why is just, oh, I don't like it. It's like, okay, I know you don't like it, but I'm telling you that this is something that I, I get enjoyment out of. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I don't know, that's just conversations people need to actually have. Or sure. just, ne- if you don't like a thing, just don't yeah. say anything. Like, that's fine, too. Yeah. It goes back to, like, the golden rule, you know? Like, yeah. treat others the way, well, what's the one about, like, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't, don't say, say anything it at all, all. right? Yeah. yeah. I think it's okay. I think, you know, especially this time of, like, the current world that we're living in, there's just so much venom that's out there. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, I think we need to re build some of our filters and I think because yeah. of things like social media you know you can fire out we're so quick to just being so reactionary that it's okay to sort of sometimes sit with some of those initial reactions that you have if you don't like it that's, that's okay it's one thing of like listen let me know for example you know oh I like Chris Brown hey did you know that Chris Brown beat up Rihanna and is like you know big you know douchebag guy you know? sure yeah. Like, yeah let me know that and then I can reevaluate you right. know my musical choices but if it's like you know yeah, I mean, I've I've lived a happier life in the last decade as I've gotten less and less angry about things I didn't really like that much. And now I'm like pretty accepting of most, sure. you know, things people don't like. You know, I pick my spots like Owl yeah. City. I hate him. <laughs> but yeah, we, we all have our, our things. But no, but for the most part, yeah. I really, yeah, it I feel better kind of being okay with stuff and letting people like the things that they like, even if, you know, it's not really my, my thing, because I also, I feel like the criticism is just better pointed at things that are actually a problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like even in the world of like, let's just say pop music, it's like, well, you might have an artist who actually is bad for the industry and actually is a bad human. Yeah. And let's, let's just like worry about criticizing that person rather than the, the one song from this other fine person's album. You know what I mean? Like whatever it is, it's like, let's focus our energy. If we're going to be, uh, dismissive or we're going to be negative towards something. Yeah. And, uh, noisy did this interview recently, or they started this interview series recently where they ask an artist to rank their own albums, which is like uh, really interesting. That is interesting. And so the one that I read was this band Mastodon who are like a proggy kind of metal band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was reading through it and the, the, I think they had did it with the drummer and he was very clearly stressed about doing this. He was like, oh, this is self-critiquing. I don't like this, but I'll do it, but I don't yeah, like this. It's a good exercise, I think. Yeah, and in going through that, they got to an album that I had listened to and not, you know, didn't really strike me as something that I enjoyed. And not that it was a bad album, I just didn't like it, not yeah. for me. And he was talking about that album and he was like, yeah, for this one, we didn't really work on it that hard. We just decided that we are going to go meet up, jam, come up with some songs wow. and record them. And here's why. We were really stressed. A bunch of people we knew died. A bunch of people we knew got cancer. (laughs) And it's like, okay, right. Also, people are also human beings Mm. and also have their own problems. And just because they're this band that you can find on Twitter or find on Facebook or buy their music or... I don't know. It's just that filter of like yelling at people because I feel like Mm. a lot of people when they criticize like that don't think they're yelling at a human. Yeah. Yeah. Because of, you know, they're actually having to um, teach kids empathy because they're they're communicating so much online that like in person, you're less likely to say the really mean things that you would say if you can't actually see them, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So they're having to like re, we're having to like reprogram ourselves Mm -hmm. of like connecting with each other and that like, like you said, remembering that the person on the other side is a human being. So I should remember that Taylor Swift is a human being. <laughs> but you know what? My beef with her is that I it's more political yeah, you know, sure. than anything. Yeah. Her music is like fun, but it's just like her politics. Like same thing with like 
like Katy Perry, like I can take or leave her music, and I just you know I don't really have. It's like more so like political with me with Taylor yes. Swift. You know. Yeah, I hear that for sure. Yeah, and I also think that's different in that when somebody has a platform of that size. <clears throat> Yeah, that's a very different thing than like if I was to tweet Evan and sure. like tell him to <laughs> shut up or whatever. But like, <laughs> it's worse. So, and you know what? That's what it is. It usually is my beef that I usually have with any of these more high profile people is that like more so like wanting wanting them to do more with the platform that they have mm-hmm. or to be more aware of what it is that they're they're doing or what they're representing. You know? Yeah. Wake up. Yeah. Totally. Or like in the context of Nipplegate, Justin Timberlake could have. Mm. Done something, yeah. could have said something, yeah. and there could have mm-hmm. been there could have been so many conversations about that, or like you know taking any sort of ownership. He literally left this woman and distanced himself as far yeah. away from her as possible. We are waiting, Justin. Yeah, we want something. Yeah. Thirteen and a half years later, we, years need, we need something from you. Waiting, yeah. And then like I was reading this other article that like you know like because like back when like you know when him and Britney you know they were wearing the matching jean outfits at the VMAs like. <laughs> Oh man, oh my I God. <laughs> my God! For the longest time, I was still rooting for them to get back together, you know. But like, uh, no, no, like she's doing so much better. Like, you know, she's. I love uh-huh. a single Britney too, by the way. Like her music is always so much better <laughs> when she's single. I think with most artists, it's like when they're single, their music <laughs> is just better. And uh, you got more time to work on stuff. You got more feelings to feel. Listen, I am not going to knock my happy <laughs> friends that are coupled up, but artistic vision really starts to decline when you're like happy and it's hanging out with another person. So true. I'm so much more productive. Like I have, you know, I have my own podcast and, you know, I'm working at Marvel and I work at a tech company and I'm working yeah. on a book and I have my acting career. Like if I'm in a relate, like I know this for myself, but I'm in a relationship and just singing love will never do without you <laughs> <laughs> to like my boo. Like that's just like all we're doing, you know? Um, but Justin Timberlake, he was like, what did he say? Oh, he went like he he keeps talking about Britney like he just recently like it's been years guy right. like yeah. let it go and at first we were on his side because like oh she kind of cheated on him with you know the allegedly, allegedly allegedly with Wade Robson the choreographer that they both had uh, that they both were using allegedly right um, and so we were like on like you know poor Justin but then like if you think about like, what he's done like he wouldn't let this go then he did Cry Me a River made that creepy music video <laughs> about like going into her house and he had that like Britney like double or whatnot. And then he did like another one. It was uh, what goes around comes around mm-hmm. and had her pretty much like a, a Britney-esque person die in a car crash, right? And then like he made some sort of like offhanded comment about her like recently. And then they and then someone interviewed Britney and they're like, Britney, who would you like to collaborate with? And she named him. <laughs> She's like, I'm not gonna work with Justin Timberlake, y'all. And like that just where she is. She's a yeah. nice little you know country right. girl <laughs> who has moved on with her life and had two kids, you know? Yeah. yeah. Congrats to you, Brittany. <laughs> yeah. Brittany, Justin, all the snaps. Clean up your act. Get it together, Justin. Yeah. All so thank you, you, all of you, for listening. It's <laughs> very nice of you. <laughs> I think that's uh, the perfect place to wrap up. James, thank you so much for yeah, joining thank you. us. Yeah, it's been so great being here. Oh, one thing I yes. mentioned, meant to mention. Please. Earlier, just uh, to take back something that I said. I said earlier it was a regular Sophie's Choice. Uh, that's inappropriate. Do you know what Sophie's Choice is really about? It's about mm. abortion, right? And that's what everybody thinks. Google it, and no, yeah, what it's is it? not. It's uh, she had to choose. She was in a, it was an Auschwitz. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and she had to choose yeah. 
which kid she the evil doctor was like choose which kid is gonna die mm. and survive so my choosing between two songs was not a regular sophie's choice yeah and anytime anybody says that just remind them what the, it's not a sophie's choice that is the kind of uh thing we need to focus our <laughs> negative critiques on yes yeah. exactly yeah. correcting those phrase like yeah, yeah. sophie's choice <laughs> yeah um, and well, now we all know better. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, where can people keep up to date with you and and hear you or watch you? Oh my gosh, there's so many ways you can <laughs> get involved with James Arthur here. Um, I have a podcast of my own called Minority Corner. I host with the fabulous Aneke Fitzclark. I releases every Friday on wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher. We're all over there. Um, little, it's like Blues Clues, only more black, queer, and ladylike. <laughs> um, and so you can follow us. We're on Twitter, Minority Corner. It's spelled with a K. And then I'm also, I have a Twitter, James Arthur, at James Arthur underscore M. And my Instagram is James Arthur M as well. And I am uh, one of the correspondents on Thwip, the big Marvel show, which is a show on Marvel.com and the official Marvel YouTube channel. And it's pretty much like a um, This Week in Marvel. Kind of like mix like Entertainment Tonight and The Daily Show, but make it Marvel. And it's a weekly little eight minute show that you can catch me on. That Very is cool. awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I hope everyone checks all that yeah. stuff yeah. out. This was so much fun. Thanks for having this was, me. Yeah, this so was much great. fun. Oh, thank yay. you for joining us so much, man. Yay. And thank, thank you, you uh, to everybody at home who is listening. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Until next time. Rewind it back. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> That's so good. Hit repeat. <laughs> Hit repeat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll probably keep that one, but let's just do one more clean. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. I was like, oh, it's oh, no. not going we'll, backwards. We got to write it down. That's, that's really the solution. <laughs> Never write um, it. <laughs> James, thank you so much again for joining us. And thanks to everyone else who is listening to this show. Thank you. Until next time. Hit repeat. Nailed it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> thank the, you. The dirty one was probably better. <laughs> <laughs>